This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live from the warehouse, 86 East University Parkway. We're down at their Orem location. Of course, Salt Lake as well, 1825 South, 300 West. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Uh, Gordon, the Joe Ingles Show, usually every Thursday on with DJ and PK. This week, uh, we wanted to revisit it because I uh, I, uh, I thought that the, the bet was fun, and of course we'll hear about all that stuff, but there was a lot of other stuff in there too, particularly, you know, we don't know the official status of Mike Conley as of yet, but he's going to come back to the lineup eventually, and Joe talked about that, and I thought he – provided some really unique insight into really his own psyche. Yeah, let's give it a listen. Uh, I think everybody wants to hear it. All right, they started off talking about uh, what it's like in that locker room. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, it's nice to win, obviously. Um, there's no, no better feeling, obviously, kind of re- regardless of how you play individually or as a team, if, if you could figure out how to win at the end of the day, that's obviously the, the goal. So, um they're not all going to be pretty. We're not going to blow everyone out by 20 and just kind of cruise through the the season. And I mean, I think everyone, every team is going to be somewhat different. Um, they're going to play out differently. They're going to have different adversity that they're facing that it might make the some guys, some other guys play harder or play more, which is different to what you're used to or, or whatever. So, um, I mean, last night we obviously, I mean, it was kind of. It was kind of like that team that, that Doc had that, that they didn't really have a, a quote-unquote superstar, but they, they all played well together and they kind of had that little run um, in either Doc's last year or second to last year or whatever it was. So that's kind of what it felt like. They were they were out there and obviously the, the ball moves a bit more because they don't have Kawhi and PG and that's not taking anything away from those guys. But when they've got them out there, obviously they, they feed them and, and Kawhi's great in those those post ups and stuff like that and, and PG plays a lot of, of pick and roll so it was it was it, it was a different challenge because we weren't sure if um, uh, I think PG was always out but Kawhi was kind of 50-50 so it, uh, it, it was good to get a, another win and yeah, the hard part is I mean we've done this I think we've done this twice this year um, the hard part is, is honestly playing the same team again Um it's hard to beat an NBA team once, let alone twice in a row. So um, I'm assuming, we're assuming they'll get someone back or a couple of their guys back. Um, so yeah, we'll be ready for, it'll be a bit of a different game probably. But yeah, we obviously have the same same kind of mindset of just whoever's kind of out there, um, do what we do. And, and like you said, hopefully get another win. So, but as far as the no travel, do you like this opportunity to just be in one place and get two games out of it? I mean, it's much nicer than having to jump on a plane last night and go somewhere else. Um, I mean, we we played the game. We were back at the hotel by 9.30 or whatever it was and um, we're able to get some food. And um, I mean, it's still, I think a lot of guys, you still can't go right to sleep after the game or anything like that. But just, yeah, just to be, Walk up to your room and um, 
after seeing what Renee and the kids <laughs> were doing in the snow yesterday and how high it was, um, the the sun is out here and I was walking around in a t-shirt yesterday. So nice for, for that little change, but um, yeah, I'll be excited to go home too whenever we're done with this. Joe Ingles joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, Quinn got a question in his post-game Zoom about you and you playing your best basketball and uh, why that might be, and he gave a, uh, a long, detailed, thorough answer. And uh, you hate talking about yourself, but you are playing well, and I think some people at 33 would, think, would expect a guy to kind of uh, you know, plateau or taper off. How would you explain this if somebody said, asked you, how, how are you doing this? Why are you kicking A, Joe? Let's get to the point. <laughs> That's well, not going to help him answer it. There's still a chance I'm going to plateau and fall off. <laughs> you guys have <laughs> talked it into fruition, so it's probably going to happen. But um, no, I mean, I mean, I got the I got the same question or a similar one um, about coach. Why he's such a good coach? So <laughs> we we obviously uh, had to answer a similar question. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I said to you guys, I mean, obviously you guys and, and everyone that listened and watched us last year, I was a little bit uncomfortable coming off the bench last year, and I don't mean that in terms of not not accepting that role or not wanting to do it, but I just I, I just didn't, um, especially at the start of the year, obviously. Um, yeah, I just couldn't find a rhythm. I just couldn't get going. I couldn't find a rhythm. It, it, it was different. Um, again, I'm not saying I didn't want to do it or I was against it or, or anything like that I just I hadn't done it for well, I don't even know what it was three or four years here and, and kind of every summer with the national team and other teams I've been on so um, it, it was really different for me um, and then obviously with the the last year was a bit of a mess kind of regardless that Mike got injured so I started and then he came back and then the bubble happened and then Boyan was out and so it was a bit of a mess but um I mean, I just yeah, I don't know, everything. Everything is. I mean, I'm in. A, I'm just in a good spot, I guess. I, um, I I've, I've always loved playing. Obviously, that's no no question with with that. And that's 99.9 Quinn's. Um, I don't know, not his fault, but the the re, Quinn's reasoning. Because I mean, before I got. To, to Utah, as I've spoken about before, like I, I really wasn't enjoying playing basketball. It was my kind of last chance of let's try and figure out if I can get back to this kind of love for it, and um, or or I'll be back in <clears throat> be back in the NBL in Australia. So um, he, he's a, obviously a big part of it, and I think having a pretty solid and amazing kind of support system at home with, with Renee and the kids and the, the kids are great. And, and you know, the new little guy, Jack is doing really well. And, and obviously it's Renee is doing really well. I think it's, it's been really tough on her in terms of not being able to get home or have some family come over. Like no one's, no one's met our third child yet or anything, which uh, it is hard, but just having, having all their support and, there's days I'm like, man, I should be doing more to help Renee, and she pushes me out the door to go and get shots up or get treatment. And um, I, I think just overall, as a as a whole, and I mean, I don't want to say I'm having my best year or not or whatever the stats or numbers or anything say, but I, I just 
I'm just in it. Yeah, I'm in a really good spot. I'm I'm happy. Um, and yeah, it's. It, I mean, at the end of the day, it also helps when when everyone in your team's playing well and you're moving the ball and you're playing a, a really cool style that fits your team. And um, yeah, everything everything's in a in a good spot. So, what do you anticipate happening to your game when Conley comes back? Um, I mean, I'll go to the bench. Is that what you mean? <laughs> yeah. Okay. You go to the bench, which I I don't know that that's necessarily a guarantee. But if you want to go that way, how are you going to be able to maintain your pro- productivity if that's what happens? You are coming off the bench. Um, I mean, I feel like I was playing pretty well and productive when he was playing too. Uh, right. I would agree. I think the like the the biggest and obvious difference, which difference which people realize is obviously I'll. I'll, I'll I'll obviously have the ball a little bit less, um, which is which is fine by me. It's not a it's not a, a bad thing, um, and, and we'll we'll figure it out again. We'll I think I missed those whatever I missed four games or whatever. Then Donovan missed a couple. Um, obviously, Mike's missed um, kind of five or six, whatever it's been now. But um, we'll we'll just figure it out. We, we we've got a great team with that. Um, I think when previous to Mike's injury, we would, I would come off the bench. Obviously, I think for him at the start, and then he would come back in, and we'd finish the quarter together. And um, I mean, there's so many possessions in a game. I, I think the way we play and the, the style Quinn has us playing and the pace we're playing. At, I mean, there's enough possessions for for all of our guys that are, are creators or um, not need the ball, but are, are obviously effective with the ball in our hands. There's enough possessions for us all to. To, to kind of have it for a little bit and again the thing that is the best thing at the end of the day is that there, there is no egos there is no like I want Mike to come back probably more than anyone <laughs> like it's not I'm not trying to sitting in my hotel room hoping Mike's out another game so I can go and shoot some more threes and play a few more minutes um, I, I want him back more than anyone and um, when, when he gets back we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out but I have no doubt there will be no issues with it. All right, let's get to some of the fun stuff. And I hear from people now all the time as they watch the games because they know we're going to talk to you once a week. So Ben Simmons comes out for Philadelphia, and and he is hot, right? I mean, he got to 10 points like that. And there's a timeout, and you guys are crossing paths going to the bench. And he had something to say to you, and he had a little smirk and a grin. Maybe you had a little one. What was was he just letting you have it? Was that an Australian thing right there? Um, I honestly can't even remember, which is oh. bad. But <laughs> I, it, it definitely wasn't anything bad. I mean, I've, I've obviously known Ben for a little bit, and sure. um, I'm hoping he uh, he plays with the national team this summer, and all that happens. So I'm, I'm obviously happy. Um, I think I think the same as kind of what I was saying. I think I think he's in a really good spot. I, I think he. Kind of mentally, <clears throat> he always has these questions over why isn't he shooting the ball or not shooting the ball outside the pain or, or whatever. It's like, well, it's, it, I mean, it's like Rudy to a certain extent. Like, why would you shoot outside the pain when you don't need to? Like, he, <laughs> what do you have? Forty? I think he had forty-two or forty-four or whatever it was. And uh, someone, someone showed us a shot chart after the game. It was like. He took one shot outside of the outside of the paint for the game and had 42 points. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I think uh, I think he's in a good spot and, and I'm happy for him. And 
um, yeah, it was good to see him. Um, I mean, I think it, uh, he fouled me one time, but um, yeah, just a bit of talking with a <laughs> with a buddy, and um, yeah, like I said, uh, I mean, honestly, I hope he I hope he plays this summer and um, can actually play with him. It'd be it'd be fun to play with him. So we have the Stockton shot to put the Jazz in the finals is the greatest shot. I think I witnessed the greatest play. O'Neal to Bogdanovich, Bogdanovich behind the back in midair. Mitchell, I've never seen a cross-court, corner-to-corner pass. Never. I've been watching ball longer than you've been alive, and I've never seen that. And so that ball's coming there. Well, in order for this to be the greatest play in Jazz history, you got to make the three, and you do. Did you think at that any, time, wow. Was there any doubt? Was there any doubt? That wasn't for me, but maybe for some doubters, and I'm not. I've always been your biggest fan. I mean, there's Renai and the kids, and then there's PK, and you put us all together. We're all in the same boat there. But I was just praying <laughs> the one shot because in order to have the best play, you got to make the shot. Any any concern about that? Were you nervous at all? No, I wasn't nervous. The whole thing happened so quickly. I was I was honestly just glad I got an extra shot up, to be honest. Um no, I mean it was a, I mean it was a pretty crazy play, and yeah, um, I think the one of the funny parts about it is when uh, whoever I think you said Royce drove when Royce drove first, yeah, something had obviously happened in that play. I, I was standing at the half court, like I was ready to. I guess I assumed either Royce was going to shoot it or Boyan or Donovan, someone was going to shoot it out of those right. three, and <clears throat> me and. Uh, Rudy, I think it was. There was two of them. It was myself and someone else were standing at the half court, and I saw it all play out. And then um, I saw Donovan get it, and I was obviously it happens in a split second. It doesn't happen this slowly. <laughs> um, but in my head, I was like, "Oh, that like Brook Lopez is going to have to take me if I just like come into play a little bit." Um, and then I didn't think he saw me, so I was like, oh, "I'll get." a bit further to the corner. Um, again, this obviously happens much quicker, but I ran to the corner and I I didn't, I, you guys probably know, I didn't know how much was on the shot clock, but I knew there wasn't much on the shot clock because I've, I've obviously what had happened. Like I I think I might've had the ball to start. There was something, something happened before Royce got it and then Royce and then Boyan and Donovan, he held it. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to run to the corner and see if it, if Donovan make a pass if not he's probably going to shoot it and off the run back so um yeah it just kind of happened the way it happened and i just knew when he threw it that i again i don't know exactly what the time was but i just was assuming and pretty confident in my mind i had to shoot it so um it makes it a lot easier to not have to think about it when you know in your mind the shot clock's down and you have to shoot it anyway so um it was a hell of a pass though i've never seen i mean i've I've played a lot. I've played a lot of games. I've played with some pretty good passes. I've played with some great point guards, uh, great passes, but I've never had... It went, like, almost over the hoop to get to me for me to then shoot it into the hoop. <laughs> that was a pretty good post-game riff you had, though, on him and playing baseball and your little impersonation of him. That was rock solid. Had you been working on that on a, on the team bus? Well, had you worn him out with that before? Baseball thing is, this whole baseball thing is... We've actually got a. I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about gambling. We actually, <laughs> we've got a bet that he he thinks he is this like 
the guy that just signed for what did he sign for yesterday? Three hundred and fifty million. Is he a pitcher? Oh, the Padres. Yeah, Fernando Tatis shortstop. Jr. Shortstop. Yeah. Uh, well, whoever the best pitcher in the world that gets a lot of money, he thinks he's him. <laughs> and I've never played baseball in my life. I've played cricket, which is kind of similar um, to a certain extent. The batter stands there. You stand in a different position. The bat's a bit different, but someone throws the ball as fast as they can at you, and you've got to hit it. Um, and I played that growing up. And we... I don't know how it came up, but he constantly talks about how good he is at baseball or good he was at baseball. And uh, I was like, I would 100% be able to hit one of your, what do you call it, a pitch? One mm-hmm. of your Fastball. pitches. Yeah. A fastball, yeah. Uh, and he's like, no, you wouldn't, no, you wouldn't. I said, well, let's bet. Let's make. Let's put some money on it. And the money, we said we would do it for a charity, which obviously mine would, you guys know where my money would go if I won. Um, yeah. Autism. So we've, it's it, the 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 bet or whatever was he he had ten pitches and I had to connect on one of them. That was a, like I just had to touch it on one of them. It had to stay in play, but it has to whatever you call it, not a, a um, if it goes behind me or whatever. Yeah, yeah, not that. But I have to I have to basically hit. I don't even have to hit it really. It just has to hit the bat and fall in front of me. So we're gonna and do he this. Was, he was yeah. We just haven't had time and it, it started in uh, I'm pretty sure it started in the bubble or just after the bubble so it's obviously been a long time coming but we had COVID and we couldn't see each other and we, he was in New York and whatever so um, that that's kind of the whole baseball backstory for I know it's a, a little bit of a long story about no, it but that's how good. it kind of came about and it was for a lot of money and um, I just don't like I'm not like you two, like I've played sport my whole life. Like I'm going to be able to, I, I get, he, he said he can throw it really fast or whatever. Like I get, I'll probably miss a lot of them, but I'm also not that uncoordinated that I'm going to be able to read the, like if he's throwing 10 in a row, I'm going to be able to read when the ball's coming and when I should swing. And timing is really I literally have to just hit the ball in front of me one time and I don't even have to hit it. It really just has to hit the bat. Well, let's get it out at the ballpark after you guys win the title in July, man. We can have this all set up. We will. We're definitely going to do it because we've shook on it, and it's a and everybody at the start was on Donovan's side. Like, there's no way you'll hit it. And then I was like explaining the facts of of like literally, I could I could watch the first three go by and then go like, all right, this is when I need to swing. This is when you know what I mean. Like after <laughs> if he's throwing ten in a row. After the first few, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I've played sport my whole life. I'm gonna be able to pick up the reaction time of when I need a swing. I'm not saying I'm gonna smack him for a home run and run around the triangle thing with my shirt off. Bases, 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 it's a diamond, it's not a triangle it thing. Run around the sandpit with my. Um, but I'm also like extremely confident, which is why we bet quite a large number that. Um, oh, and then we thought we'd happen. just do it for charity. Uh, okay. We don't want to take each other's money, so whoever lost had to donate to the other person's charity of choice. There might be some jazz fans who do a little side action to, you know, raise a little more money for autism. Yeah, I assume can, we'll Donovan a, would do some kind we'll of education thing. Oh, absolutely. I'll yeah. put a we 10 spot on time. that he blows 10 fastballs right past See, Eagles. I, we got to know more about the rules, PK, because I you that's, probably that have been too— the, That's the— that's the uh, I that's have to hit 
one time. I have to connect with the ball on the bat one time. But can he throw you? Like it has but, to be in front. But can of he me. throw you curveballs and changeups and whatever sliders, he whatever he's got? Because he, he, he said he was going to throw like a fast, like his, yeah, his pitch or whatever it was, which okay. was just a fastball. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That will make it easier. Ten, the other thing with throwing ten straight is by like six, seven, eight. Nine, he's going to get tired. He doesn't play baseball for a living. Like <laughs> neither do you. <laughs> but he's. I'm just standing there with a. Oh. Hey! Hey! <laughs> Hey! hey. I, it makes oh. me mad because he, he thinks I can't can't do it. Um, I'm just standing there with a bat. Like all I have to do is connect one. Bite. Oh my gosh, that was awesome! Come on, Jake. Jake oh, he did. Jake hit the dumb button. Jake was enjoying the conversation so much he was going to watch that fastball sail right by him. I had to signal dump button. That's the magic word. That's why we have a dump button. Oh my gosh! All right, I'm already, that, that, I'm already getting the, texts from people. Rules, okay, I'm that already getting rules. I'm getting texts from people okay. who say there's zero chance this money's going to charity. So it's going to charity regardless. It's okay, whose charity? All right. I just, there's no. So even if that's what everyone in the locker room was saying at the start. No way, no way, no way. But then, like, if you actually sit down and like think about it. There's no way. And obviously I'm going to go and like hit a couple of balls before I go. I'm not just going to roll in there never facing a pitch in my life and just go on. And he's going to go and practice. He's going to roll in there. And so it has to be 10. Yeah, you'll take some 10, what's, what's called BP. Batting practice. Yeah. So, yeah. There's batting cages. You can, gonna, you can, for a couple of bucks, you can, yeah, you can hit a lot of. Oh, you can go under the stands at the ballpark. Yep. Where the, where the, oh, yeah, they'll uh, hook them up. You're right. Yeah. I've thrown yeah, I'm in there. Get, I'm going to get our best player's cricket bat and go and hit the ball. There it is. But that was the only rules. I had okay. to get one, one ball in, in front of me, like connect. It has to be a live ball or whatever. And A fair ball. A fair ball. One out of ten. That's it. One. One out of ten. Like, I'm not that bad. I know I, I, know I can't run and jump and all that, but I can stand there and hit a ball. <laughs> Got to see this. All right. Well... We love having you on, Joe, because we never know where the conversation is going, and I had no idea it was going here, but this has been awesome. I'm glad you woke up. Good luck think, with the game in L.A. Do, do you what? Do you think I could hit it or no? Yeah, I think I think you probably can. Not knowing how many pitches he can throw and whether he can start feeding you curveballs and all that, that would drop your odds. Um, oh, just gas. He's throwing gas. Yeah, he's just throwing gas. Straight I gas. think I think you're right. I think you'll be able to time a pitch and and be able to dribble one, you know, back towards the mound. Even if it, I even don't. If I think I, Mitchell even blows if it hits the bat and then hits <laughs> my toe, it doesn't matter. It's still. <laughs> oh man! All right, going to blow up now. Excuse my language, uh, <laughs> young friends out there too. I got a bit excited about this. Have a great bleeping day, Joe. All right, there you go. That was Joe. Ingles, you can hear the Joe Ingles show uh, on with DJ and PK usually every Thursday morning. And, and Gordon, I thought that was just a, a great appearance on Joe's behalf. Of course, it was fun to find out about the, the baseball bet, and I still would bet on Donovan. <laughs> but I, I thought he hit on a number of other really interesting things, too. Like, you know, he he's well aware of his role on this team, uh, even when Mike Conley's back in the lineup. And just his overall vibe, Jake, uh, it's such a positive one with what's going on with the team right now. I, and that's it's good to have a little bit of, uh, you know, I don't want to call it levity, but uh, just to have have fun while you're winning. 
And it seems like uh, that's uh, fairly uh, uh, thick with this jazz outfit. All right, we're live here at the warehouse. We're at the Orem location, 86 East University Parkway. And joining us now, of course, our good friend Christopher Tof. What's happening? You know, life's good. Back at the Orem store, it's fun to be the younger brother today. Yeah. Not just filling in for pops, but yeah. just to be the younger brother, they say. Well, we're glad to have you. And and you guys are doing, you know, really incredible things here at the Orem store because, it, you know, uh, you're cl- consolidating things. You're closing this store down, at least uh, temporarily. And uh, really, uh, the good deals have gotten even better because this stuff has got to move. 100%. I was telling... Uh, just a couple spots ago, I was talking about a, a guy. I was telling a story of a guy that came in and asked us to price match another dealer. And I'm not going to name drop, but he quoted, he was quoted 5200 bucks for a solid. That's one base, one adjustable base, and one mattress that fits a king-size bed. And I quoted him the same size, but then I suggested, hey, what's better than a solid a lot of the time is a split. And that means... Same size, fits a king-size bed, but two adjustable bases, head up and foot up. You can move it by motors, adjust where your head is positioned, and two mattresses. That means you and your partner are separate. And he's like, yeah, but that's got to be like, what, a grand more? And I was like, nope, $300 more. Wow. Instead of 1999, you're spending 2299. You get to pick your mattress, either gel-infused memory foam, that's with cooling gel, so it sleeps about 7 degrees cooler, or hybrid titanium springs with a memory foam topper you get to take your pick starting at 22.99 and he's like what so yeah in addition to us closing the store we still got our famous deals we still got our adjustable beds you gotta come gotta come and see us yeah we made the joke earlier you know the the brazilian river company everybody thinks that they can get the best deal there no 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 absolutely not he came in he's like yeah what brand is this base and i, I knew it just by looking at the photo i just pulled it up on that brazilian shipping brand Twenty-one seventy-five for the solid base. Now imagine splitting that in two, putting two beautiful mattresses on top for twenty-two ninety-nine. Absolutely incredible. Come down, of course, uh, Christopher. Anybody here, Uncle Clayton? They'll they'll show you why and how this is exactly the best deal that you're going to find anywhere. Uh, boom, as they say. Boom. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Thanks, Tuff. We appreciate you, buddy. Thank you. All right, we'll have more coming up next on the Big Show, ninety-seven-five and twelve eighty of the Zone. And now, another look into the mind of Gordon Monson. I know, we're all terrified. Let's just try to get through this together. This is Gordon's List on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Previously on Gordon's List. The kind of car you drive has nothing to do with vanity. I have a nice car. Hey, look, everybody, I have a nice car. What nice car? Alfa Romeo Stelvio Quadrifoglio. Austin is... He's on fire today, Gordo. I just want you to know I have nothing to do with any of this. Gordon's List, brought to you by our friends at Tim Daly Nissan. Right there in Murray. Go let them take care of you. They got that lifetime warranty. Gordon... What's uh, what's leading off the list today? Uh, first of all, let me say that that uh, a lot of that stuff you just heard from Austin was that uh, was edited. It was edited and pieced yeah. together in a way yeah. that uh, makes it sound like I was bragging. They weren't all from the same day, uh, consecutive like that. Yes, you're correct. I spliced those together. Do you, but the uh, message do you still. Do you have something to say for yourself? 
Well, I didn't edit what you said. I just put them back to back to back to back to back. But I know, but you took them out of context, right? Were you talking about cars? I may have been, but uh, but that's not that's not (laughs) the intent I had. What what was the context then? I know. I, I'm not sure. Because unless unless it was, I wish I had a nice car. I think. <laughs> <laughs> As I've explained a thousand times before, I somebody asked me whether I spent money on myself, and I said no. I, I never buy anything for myself. Uh, I just the only thing is I have a nice car. That, that see, so that statement. Wouldn't you say that that statement is? Is a, a statement uh, a Humility, modest, humble yes. statement? But really. the way no, it's, it's played, not modest or humble. <laughs> what, what? What do you mean? I said I don't care about materialistic things. I don't really. Uh, I don't get a thrill out of uh, out of uh, buying that sort of thing, except for that one little thing. That's all. It's not well. One, it's not really a, a little thing, but that's kind of the ultimate. Yeah, but it's not like you know. I treat myself to Honey Nut Cheerios instead of the the generic brand really it's it's not like well i got frosted flakes instead of cornflakes i I don't spend money on myself at all but you know i i do get the 44 ounce drink at the gas station instead of the 32 i got the artificial butter topping last weekend okay right you know what sue me i did i, uh, I, I think a you're, as usual you're distorting the uh the thrust of what i had to say okay my bad my bad do you think i was bragging yeah no yes. really never yeah oh yeah no, I wasn't. You were you were bragging about being humble, and then you bragged about your car. <laughs> it was actually a double brag. Jeez. Oh, oh man, I, I never double brag. I only double bag at the uh, grocery store sometimes. Yeah. I think we should move on. All uh, right, you said. Let's... By the way, by the way, you said yeah, but I mean, is that is that a thing? Do, do a lot of people's People say blah, 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 yeah, but, and then they get to what they really wanted to say. Yeah, I'm talking to one of them. I have no problem with a guy <laughs> bragging about himself. <laughs> I wasn't talking about myself. I, I, you know, here's the thing. I tolerate a lot of my friends. I can see how I can see this. I'll get in trouble. A, a lot of my friends are kind of quirky, you know, but I've never had a hard time uh having friends who maybe had some qualities to them that other people wouldn't like <laughs> for example <laughs> i don't want to name names no no, but... no no qualities not names qualities what, what, what uh, like I, what i've just had i've had friends through the years who were who were kind of uh i don't know they had an edge to them and some people a lot of people might not have quote unquote liked them but i i thought i was i was fine with them you know, I don't care and if that, people that, don't that, like me, and that's and that's why and I don't care you if know, people don't like PK. That's why I work with you so well. Can we? My uh, life's a lot better than yours. My kids are a lot better than yours. I have a nice car. Mine's better than yours. I'm better than you at what you do for a living, and I've never done it before. After the recession, I dropped 90 mil. Well, I've recouped that and doubled it, so I'm up to half a billion now. 
Start. <laughs> yeah, can we get to the list? Let's do that. All right, let's start with the Jazz. All right, let, let me just ask a series of questions, and I want to get, uh, I want to get sort of yes, no, and or just short answers, and then let's dive into it. Okay. All right. So uh, I don't even need answers. Let me just ask them, and then we'll get to them. All right. How good are they? Who's the MVP? Rank the top five players on the Jazz. And then we'll get into the Clippers and how we see that's going to go tonight. But uh, on those early ones, do you think this is a great team, Jake? I do. Mm-hmm. Great. How do you yeah, define great? great? We've got the best record in the league. But I'm talking about ultimately. Well, I mean, Gordon, how many Jazz teams over the years have had the best record in the league? Well, I don't know that. I know this is the best record they've ever had. Well, if they win, it will be the best stretch in jazz basketball if they win. But my point being is it happens maybe, you know, it's happened maybe a few times in franchise history. Three or four at the most. Never happened with with Booz and D-Will. Do they have to to win a title in order to be considered great? Well, I love the, you know, the the superlative where it's just completely up to somebody's personal judgment. No, I, I don't think that. No. I think uh, there have been great jazz teams in the past, and they didn't win a title. So I would say no. I think most of our listeners would probably agree that those Stockton Malone teams, especially in the latter part of the 90s, were great. They didn't get the title. Right. So, yeah, I, I, I think that they're doing things that few teams have ever done before, let alone few jazz teams. So, yeah, absolutely. I'm Do you think this is the best label. jazz team ever? Well, I'm not comfortable going that far quite yet. I mean, John and Carl did a lot of great things, had a lot of great runs. There, I mean, those 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 guys had a lot of trips to the conference finals, let alone the the, the NBA finals. So, you know, there's still a little meat on that bone. Boy, that would be interesting, wouldn't it, to watch this Jazz team play the '97 or '98 Jazz team? Under what rules? Under current rules. Uh the the current team would win. Uh, and by current rules, you mean uh, not being allowed to uh, shove shooters as they're releasing the ball and that sort of thing. You mean Carl hand, can't, hand take somebody's, uh, can't take somebody's face off on the way to the hoop and have the ref go, you know what, it, it was clean, clean. And the way they play defense and those sorts of things, yeah. Do you think that Rudy under, would Under the Carl? rules, what's that? Do you think Rudy would erase Carl? No, I don't, uh-uh. A race? I mean, go. that's a pretty that's a pretty steep standard, but yeah. I mean, also, what Carl are we talking about? Are we talking about ninety seven, ninety eight Carl? Or are we talking like ninety one, ninety two Carl? We're talking about the best Carl ever was versus the best Rudy ever was. But see, I think Rudy would bother Carl's jumper. But I mean, if you're going talking about old school Carl Malone, where he was just a, a bull in a china shop, I think Rudy'd have a tough time with that. See, I was going to say the opposite. I was gonna, he, he'd be able to handle Carl better down low when he's posting up and sort of roughhousing down there than he would covering the Carl Malone who could hit the uh, the 22-foot jump shot. Yeah, I just think that Rudy's length would really bother that type of game. I mean, you don't see anybody do it against Rudy now. In fact, one person, what Lou Williams tried to pull up on Rudy and, and – uh, 
the last game against the Clippers, and he found out that that was a bad idea. It was like halfway through his shot, and Rudy still blocked it. <laughs> what would happen if Stockton went up against uh, Donovan Mitchell? Uh, well, Donovan would probably have a tough time staying in front of him. Uh, you really think so? Well, I mean, Donovan has a tough time staying in front of guards now. You know, you don't well, think no, John but a lot of guards now are faster than Stockton was. Eh, John, during his heyday, could get past most anybody. Uh, Donovan's more bulky. He's bigger. I mean, John would probably have a tough time with Donovan, too. But John couldn't co- cover Donovan Mitchell. Uh, that, that would be – that he couldn't. He might be able to swipe the ball from him here and there, but I don't think he could stop Donovan Mitchell. It's just those little kinds of things that are interesting as we're watching this team uh, sort of uh, play out. Uh, it, 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 yeah, how good are they? I, th- I think that's really an interesting thing. I, I would love to see this Jazz team play that Jazz team. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I think because of because three is more than two. I think the Jazz current Jazz team would beat the best of the Jazz teams of the nineties. What were your other questions? Uh, who's the Jazz's MVP? Uh, Rudy. Uh, is that a slam dunk? What do you? Is that how? How are you coming to that? Explain your conclusion. They have a top five defense uh, mm-hmm. for one significant reason, and his name is Mr. Rudy Gobert. What are they now? Are they are they second? Is that what it is? I, I don't second, have it in front right? of me. But, I think they're yeah, second. So, yeah. I mean, what makes this Jazz team elite right now is they're unbelievable on both sides of the ball. So Rudy is a big part of that on defense, the biggest part. And he might be close to the biggest part on offense because if he's got it going and just dunking on the other team, then they have to adjust, and that leaves the shooters open. So it's kind of this weird gear that actually makes the offense go when it's at its best. So, plus I think Rudy is the most irreplaceable, which Mm -hmm. also screams value to me. So, I would go with Rudy. Uh, You know, a a way of proving your point there, I think, would be the Jazz would survive, I think, on the floor over periods of time. They could handle that without Donovan on the floor, Not, not, not preferably or not any kind of terrific way. But without Rudy on the floor, even with Derek Favors, it's it's. I don't know how that would go over the long yeah. haul. You know, they're not they're not a unique team like they are right now without Rudy for sure. Speaking of which, at some point, Austin, I don't know if you have it handy, but I'd like to play Charles Barkley's comments about Donovan Mitchell and his standing with the All Stars, and he uh, Charles uh, spoke highly of Donovan. And uh, yeah, maybe he can he can play that for. You. I think our our listeners would be interested if you haven't heard what Charles Barkley said. It, you know, it's a about a thirty five second clip, but it was uh, interesting to hear his praise for Donovan Mitchell. All right, uh, the the Clippers game tonight, uh, Jake. Are you expecting something similar to the other night? Uh, there's no right or wrong answer, but I yeah. thought Dame Lillard and Donovan Mitchell uh, to me. 
Uh, when you have the best record in basketball, that says a lot. If you're the best, uh, you know, they have these stupid arguments about who gets MVP every year. The MVP, MVP has never went to the best player. It always went to the player who was the best player on the best team. Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal should have won three or four, but they, they, the other guys played better that season. Donovan Mitchell should be rewarded, in my opinion. No disrespect to anybody, but this kid's been the best player on the best team in the NBA, and um, it's unfortunate he's not started. Hmm. What do you think of that, Jake? Well, it's what we got into yesterday with uh, when we were talking about Luka Doncic, and you pushed back on me. Thank you very much. That team success should not play a role in this. I do think it does. I, I do think you know. I don't. I don't know. That's a pretty steep standard to be a starter in the All Star game. You know, we can. You know, Damian Lillard's a little bent that he didn't get in, and we talked a little bit about yeah, uh, whether Luka deserved it uh, deserved it yesterday. But, yeah, I think if your team's having success, you should get the benefit of the doubt. I buy into Isn't that, that 100%. I guess I guess the strong part of your argument there, and I, you know, I can be swayed on that, but the strongest part is that Donovan doesn't care about the statistics. He cares about his team winning, and so that factors in to what he does on the floor, you know. So... You can't always total those things up numerically. Right. And for a lot of folks out there who are just reading box scores, you know, maybe that doesn't stand out as much with uh, with Donovan. I, I actually think his box scores often look really, really good. But, I mean, he's the, he's the team leader, the best offensive player, the biggest um, uh, name or biggest star, if you want to put it that way, on the best team. I think that should count for something. Maybe you're right. I'm going to have to think about that further. Uh, let's see. Barkley also had some comments about Jordan Clarkson and took a little heat for it. Did Jordan nail. Clarkson going with the, the guy who's probably going to be the sixth man of the year. That's why I put him on there. He's been the best bench player in the NBA this year. They got the best record in the NBA. You know, most people don't know that he has been fantastic this year. That's why I got him on my list. And true to your word, you did not have Anthony Davis on your on your list as He's a, not played as like a an reserve. All-star. This ain't lifetime achievement award. You think you so you think that? That's not the point. That's not the point. We're talking about who having the best year. year. We're talking about who's having the best year. I not, who, not who's a better player. I didn't say that. Okay. That, that doesn't matter either. It's better. not who's the best player. It's who's having the best year. That's how. No, I vote. no, no, no. no. Say, what? Say it again. Jordan Clarkson is having a great year. I want to reward him. Okay. Over Anthony Davis. Yes. <laughs> I'm not. I, I mean, that Jordan Clarkson. Your look says it all. Is Anthony Davis a better player? Is Anthony Davis a better player? Yes. But Anthony Davis has not played like an all-star, all-star this year. All-star. He's not playing Anthony Davis all-star. Well, then, so what are we voting on? You can't compare. You're comparing him to himself. Yeah. We got. You got to compare him to the field. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and Jordan Clarkson's having a better year. Let's... <laughs> uh, Jake, what do you think? Well, first of all, it just reminds me uh, how much I dislike the argument when somebody just goes, Jordan Clarkson over Anthony Davis? Yeah. And then have no yeah. follow-up reasoning whatsoever. Like, yeah. like, maybe you disagree with Charles's assessment. I mean, you look at Anthony Davis's numbers. I mean, they're still good, and he's on the second-best team in the West or, or third. What are, what are the standings right now? Gordon keeps going back and forth. Right now they're in, uh, they're in second. Uh, so, all right, make an argument. Why, why, is, why is Charles Barkley crazy? You just go, Jordan Clarkson over Anthony Davis, and then dead silence. It's like you're, you're not actually making an argument there. Well, you, yeah, you know? you're right. The argument is he's Anthony Davis. Which <laughs> is a silly argument when it comes to all-star berth. 
And here's where I do agree with Charles Barkley. You know, it's about who's been an all-star so far this year, who's been one of the best players, who's having a better year. I agree with him. It's not a legacy thing. And uh, and I do get annoyed when it becomes a legacy thing when the fan vote gets involved because remember all those years uh, Grant Hill was hurt but still starting on the All-Star team in the Eastern Conference year after year, you know? Oh, as yeah. long as the fans are involved, you're going to have some of that. I get it. But when it comes to selecting the reserves and the coaches, it's it's not a it's not a legacy thing. It's who's having the year. And if you don't think that Jordan Clarkson is having the year that's worthy of it, then fine, make that argument. But Charles Barkley feels like Jordan Clarkson's having the better year. That's uh, that's sort of the argument that I've always had uh, through the years with the Heisman voting is that some remember back in the day when people would say, oh, you need to have a good year in the run up to the following year and that will help you win the Heisman. No, it's supposed to be based on one year. It's not a lifetime achievement. It's not. Uh, the culmination of a career, and I, I, I feel the same way about the All-Star voting. Whoever has played best over the uh, first portion of the season should be an All-Star, not somebody who's, who's been an All-Star 10 straight years and then is, has been hurt or isn't playing up to the normal standard. See, that Kenny was sitting there arguing with Charles that for for he said – you're comparing Anthony Davis to the Anthony Davis of the past, but that's got nothing to do with it. You're comparing it to what's going on at present. I was going to ask you about the Heisman thing. I guess it's, it's not exactly relevant now. When people say that, are they talking about like from um, like an awareness standpoint, or are they talking about it as a requirement for the award? Because that's the only uh, way I get that argument. Like, yeah. you won't be on the radar of the voters unless you were good the year before. Yeah, that maybe. I can kind of see. Yeah, uh-huh. Maybe that but, was uh, anyway, the argument. Anyway, uh, yeah. I was just curious. I, I, I hadn't – I actually hadn't really heard that, but that, that makes sense that people would say it. Um Anyway, I, I don't know if Jordan Clarkson's an all-star. Like, would you, would you make an argument for Jordan Clarkson over Mike Conley? I was, that's what I was thinking about today as, as I knew that this topic would, would come up. Is Jordan Clarkson having more of an all-star season than Mike Conley? Mike Conley, maybe without the injury, but with the injury, uh, that's another Yeah, but we're factor. talking about Anthony Davis, who's hurt. And yeah. now he's going to be out yeah. for four weeks, so he's not going to play anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, exactly. we've kind of taken injury out of this, right? And Mike's only missed six games. Anthony Davis has missed, uh, let's see here, seven games. Right. But you can't. I don't think you can take injury out of it because that, that's to be factored in. Well, then if, some, if somebody Davis is only if somebody's only played six or seven games, I, I don't think he should be an all-star. No, I hear you. But I'm talking about for the topic, the purposes of this conversation. I mean, yeah. if you're going to punish Mike Conley for being hurt, well, you got to punish Anthony Davis. Therefore, right. Jordan Clarkson's an all-star. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Um, you could say it this way, that Jordan Clarkson has filled his role better than Anthony Davis has filled his. Um, okay. Well, I mean, so Anthony Davis, Gordon, 22.5 points right now, 8.4 rebounds, 3 assists. He's got 1.8 blocks, 1.3 steals. Um, let's see here. His effective field goal percentage is 55.5%. He's shooting 29.3% from three, but he only takes 2.5 per game. Um, I mentioned that uh, that the, the Lakers are the second-best team in the West. I mean, 
he's he's pretty important to what they do. Are we are you know are we undervaluing Anthony Davis here? Uh, I don't want to get too hung up on Anthony Davis, but uh, he, how many minutes a game has he been has he averaged? A lot, thirty-two point eight. And what's Jordan Clarkson averaging? Do you have a best guess on that? I, you might not have uh, information yeah. in front of you. But, uh, uh, let's see here, Gordon. Oh, that's, of course, minutes, not per game. Uh, here, here's, let's see here. Jordan, here's my, Jordan Clarkson is averaging 26.2. So do you think that Jordan Clarkson would outscore Anthony Davis if they played equal minutes? Against two. Just against the field. Um, I don't. I don't really think that's a an entirely fair question. Why? Um, no, I don't think Jordan Clarkson, if he played equal minutes, would be uh, equaling to Anthony Davis's point production. But I don't think that necessarily matters because that's not. I mean, Jordan Clarkson doesn't play thirty three minutes a game. Hardly anybody know, on the Jazz know, plays thirty three minutes that's, a that's game. That's my but, point. That's my point. But the, his know. style of game, my point is, his style of game and his role on the team isn't necessarily conducive to, okay, if he played X amount more minutes, that would mean X amount more scoring. Because he can't do what he does for the entire game. Uh, I suppose. But he could do it for five or six minutes or more. But the team wouldn't let him do it. Anyway, I, I, I don't know how we got down this uh, this rabbit hole, but... Do you think there's a way to fix the selection process for the starters? Um, I think you just go total fan vote or no fan vote at all. I total fan vote or just let the co- the coaches do all the selecting. They the don't players want to take and it the away. media they, and all this. They don't want to take it away from the fans, uh, and I can understand that from a promotion promotion standpoint. But it just seems like, and, and I don't want to come down too hard on the fans, but many of the fans aren't really taking a lot of important criteria into consideration. It is a popularity contest in a lot of cases. Not all cases, but some. And well, that 99% affects, of cases. Yeah, yeah, look at Rudy Gobert. What, where does he rank in the voting? Yeah, but how many jazz a, fans... Do you think left Donovan and Rudy off their vote? Right, but that's not my point. My point is that he doesn't even Rudy Gobert, who has had such an impact on on the games that the Jazz have played, he's not even in the top ten in in front court players. I mean, well, that, right, that's that's, that's, that's my point. Nobody voting is taking any of that into account. They're voting for the players for the team that they root for and their favorite players overall. That's what they're doing. Nobody's going, boy, Rudy has is having a good year this uh, year. Oh, I don't I think mean, I don't think I don't think that's necessarily true cuz you, you take a guy like Jokic and uh he, you know, he's in Denver. It's not uh, like a huge market and yet he gets plenty of respect from people other than uh Nuggets fans. Uh okay, but I go back to I mean, he's He's a high-profile player in the league. And you're – well, I go back to my Grand Hill example, or we could talk about the Yao Ming example, where Yao was a starter in how many straight All-Star games because of his popularity in China. I mean, fans are going to vote for the high-profile players and the players on their own team. They're not taking into consideration performance. 
So the, okay, so answer these two questions just with with one with one suggestion: how to fix the selection process for the starters, and how, if Jake Scott were in charge, would you fix the game? You know, I didn't. I I thought I was really going to hate the alterations last year, and I didn't because I I don't know if there's a good answer for how to fix the game, Gordon, unless you really make it mean something. But then when baseball tried to do that, I think they kind of (laughs) fell flat on their face. So I don't, I don't know if there's a, if there's really a solution because it's not, it's not really entirely about the game, right? It's, it's about the weekend and the marketing and the, the sponsors and it's, it's not about the game being competitive. So how, how would you make them game more competitive? I mean, wonking up the rules is is interesting because you kind of uh, you eliminate blowouts in that way, which you know little tweaks like that. Uh, but I don't I don't really think you can fix the style of play. All right, we'll get back to the jazz and obviously when we talk to Thurl and uh, other items as well, we'll elaborate a little bit on some of the things we've we've uh, points we've already made, but. You know, I keep seeing little bits and pieces about the NFL draft where folks are starting to think that ah, it's not a slam dunk that Trevor Lawrence would is a better selection as a quarterback than Zach Wilson. And I, I think it'll be Trevor Lawrence that goes number one. But uh, this is a snippet off of uh, ESPN from uh, who is it, uh, Austin? Uh, the Ryan. former uh, NFL player Ryan Clark on the show Ryan Get Clark. Up. Right, on the show Get Up. Let, let's give that a listen. Uh, it's just uh, about a minute or so, but let's uh, hear what he has to say. I think Trevor Lawrence is a good quarterback. I just don't think he's a savior. I don't necessarily think he's a can't-miss, all-pro, Hall of Fame-level quarterback. And some of those things that Matt is saying about Zach Wilson, they're intriguing, right? This is where the game is moving. Somebody being able to throw off-platform. Also, watching a guy play, not necessarily with the best skill players around him, and seeing him elevate those guys. And I don't, and maybe it's this purple jacket that I wear and the reasons that I wear it. I cannot get out of my mind of Trevor Lawrence walking into the stadium and facing Joe Burrow and being totally outplayed. And then I can't get out of my mind the next year doing the same thing against Justin Fields. When you are a generational talent, when you are a can't-miss prospect, prospect, when you're playing with people that are like you, it shows. We watched Deshaun Watson play the Alabama Crimson Tide two times. He lost one time, and he won the other time. And both times we saw him, we said to ourselves, he was the best player on the field, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't close. Trevor Lawrence is not that. But when you watch Zach Wilson and you think about Mahomes, you think about Josh Allen, you think about Aaron Rodgers, some of the arm talent, the things that they have done and how they translate, Zach Wilson has some of that. I just don't see teams passing on that just because of a few critiques that you can nitpick about Zach Wilson, his competition, or maybe his size. (laughs) You know, I mean, if we had been able to see ahead and that had these sorts of conversations were being had back before this last season when we, we the way BYU was spending it they weren't even sure if Zach Wilson was going to be a starter at BYU we all thought he would be but still that's pretty amazing when you hear it 
Yeah, I mean, I, I saw an article yesterday where there's some NFL sources saying that uh, Trevor Lawrence might not go number one or that Zach Wilson is number one on a lot of draft boards. And I can't help but think it's some hot air. Not that Trevor Lawrence is shoe-in going to be a better player than Zach. We've seen it uh, a zillion times where guys picked later are better than the, the number one pick or the higher pick, certainly. But uh, I I think a lot of this stuff, you this is is maneuvering and smoke and mirrors. I go back to the Ryan Leaf, Peyton Manning draft where at the 11th hour there was all this buzz about Ryan Leaf going ahead of Peyton and it was never going to happen. It's just teams trying to either it's teams trying to manipulate value and maybe they're manipulating Trevor Lawrence's value. Maybe they're trying to manipulate Zach Wilson's value. You never know, yeah. right? But I a lot of times I just think, okay, what who who benefits from this getting out there that he's higher up on a board than the shoe-in number one guy. Right. But in this case, you have a guy who's talking about it just on his opinion. I don't know whether he's basing it on what he's being fed uh, that would manipulate that value or whether it's just his opinion based on what he's seen. I'm not sure, but it's pretty remarkable. Trevor Lawrence has been the number one prospect as long as I can remember. He was the number one prospect coming out of high school. And so now to have Zach Wilson even mentioned in that uh, context is, is pretty remarkable for Zach. And I, hey, I, I do wonder sometimes these quarterbacks or, or players in general that are surrounded by the best, you know, I, I think there's a reason that USC's track record with quarterbacks at the NFL level isn't necessarily the best because they look really good at USC when they're playing with, you know, the best O-line in the conference and the best receiving core and the best running backs, you know. Matt Leinart looked pretty good with that team, but that team was loaded top to bottom with studs, you know? So yeah. I, but I think Trevor Lawrence is going to go number one. I just, I, I've been saying this all along. I just hope Zach Wilson doesn't go to the Jets. <laughs> well, what makes that number one pick that much more interesting is that Urban Meyer's all over it. Yeah. Urban Meyer's all over it. Let me let me slip one more thing in real quick. Did you see that uh, announcer Joe Buck had admitted that he drinks beer or maybe a tequila during a broadcast? Uh, I did. Did you see his kind of retort to that yesterday? Uh, I did not. It's a it's a mind game he plays. He's never had more than just one in a game, but it's his way. He he usually just nurses it and sets the beer in front of him, and it's his way. He looks at it when he needs to remind himself to like calm down. Right. I guess right. he gets a little bit of. I guess he gets a little anxiety about. I don't know. Broadcasting in front of tens of millions of people, and it's his little mind trick. And I guess he hasn't done it in years, but he talked about how it was his. It was really mental. It was his way of calming down so he could do his job. Well, since I, I'm not a beer drinker, I mean, do you? What, what's your reaction to that? Do you think, uh, is that all that it would do? Would calm your nerves a little bit or would that loosen him up a little? What, what, to what extent does it make a difference? Oh, I don't think one beer is, is having much of a difference on his mental state. That's why I kind of bought the explanation, to be honest. I mean, yeah, that's the way I took it from the beginning. I didn't think he was up there just pounding, you know, (laughs) six or seven brews. Well, I mean, Harry Carey had uh, had a bit of a rep. You know, it's not unheard of in that biz. (laughs) Have you ever given that a a try, Jake? No, I didn't think. I don't think that would be a real good idea for me. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, I don't think I don't think one beer is is gonna 
make Joe Buck intoxicated by any means. Yeah, I didn't take it that way at all. But it was just interesting that it calmed him. So there is that. All right, we're live at the warehouse, 86 East University Parkway. Price is so low to blow your mind. Uh, drop on by and see us. Uh, our guy Clayton, we'll catch up with him in a minute. He's out there. Uh, you should see our boy Clayton Gordon. Uh, this is this is what you get. The the fa- it's family owned, and uh, members of that family will hoist a king size mattress up on top of your roof for you. Oh, there Clayton you go. They're making it happen. Yeah. And of course, we are live at the warehouse, the Orem location, 86 East University Parkway. Price is so low to blow your mind. Of course, Salt Lake location to 1825 South, 300 West. Uh, and Clayton jumping on with us once again. And Clayton, there's some really special things going on at the Orem store, of course, which we've talked about all day. But really, you know, you guys are famous for your prices. You go out and you get deals and you pass those right along to the customer. And people might not know this, but that doesn't happen everywhere else. It doesn't jake and with this special and the timing everything's going on the situation with my dad everything has to go out at warm so if you need furniture you've got a, you've got students or kids who live and go to school down here in this county or you're newly wed or you simply have a new house or just need some furniture come give us a shot we want to earn your business i've got a special deal most people in the state of utah are 249 299 399 for a twin over twin metal bunk bed we're 199, Jake. While wow. supplies last, which also, is amazing because bump beds. Your dad has told me for a long time those are in high demand. Not only not only high demand, but especially a place like Utah County. Oh yeah, it, it, the very high demand. So 199 on that twin over twin metal bunk bed. We have it in white and black. And also, I've got the deal of the century. Uh, if you're looking for your dining room set, I have that all wood solid wood table with four chairs at the low level. That lat size that's that's perfect for dining, sitting down and eating at four ninety nine. Wow. That's table and four chairs. And then I have like that island kind of mid bar stool size, a little bit cheaper. Solid wood, gray, really nice uh table, three ninety nine with chairs. I have that in Salt Lake and in Orm while supplies last. Wow. And you went and grabbed that one too, didn't you? Didn't you uh you sought that one out? Hey father like son you know falling off you know chip off the old block no getting that deal. deal oh it's awesome and it, it's what you guys do go out and you find the deals and uh, that's the way that uh, you've found your niche that's right which is having the best prices in the world boom 1825 South 300 West in Salt Lake, but make sure and take advantage of the sale here in Orem, 86 East University Parkway. Thanks, Clayton. You're the man. Thank you, guys. We appreciate you. All right. More Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. up the big show gordon monson jake scott 97.5 and 1280 the zone jazz game night kicks off next uh our friend tim lacombe is going to jump into the booth with me and uh we'll get you ready for the jazz and the clips but we want to say a good uh, big big thanks of course to the warehouse their orem location 86 east university parkway uh the curl family they're just amazing thanks to uh, christopher and and clayton and uncle clayton as well uh for always taking such good, great care of our listeners and gordon as you know you never are more comfortable doing a show than when you're at the warehouse <laughs> i'm just happy when you stay awake jake because I, I know how it comfy was tough you today. are yeah yeah <laughs> but uh yeah terrific terrific stuff jake all right gordo real quick before we uh, cut you loose what do you see happening tonight i'm curious to see whether the jazz will i mean it's tough to, it's jake it's tough to beat the same team twice in a row uh but it really is 
especially a team like this. And it'll be interesting because I think the Clippers are going to try and defend the Jazz the same way. Uh, yeah, their problem is, will they be able to stop Rudy Gobert? And uh, I don't know whether they can or they can't because it's almost like, uh, okay, you, 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 you give up a little something here to get a little something there, but can you give up something at both places? I, you, you might have to, and we'll see if they're able to cover it all. I, I don't know whether they can if the Jazz continue on with the dogged nature in which they're playing. Gordon, enjoy your weekend, buddy. I'll catch you on Monday. Sounds good to me, Jake. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We do appreciate it. Jazz Game Night kicks off next. This is the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.